ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra is proud to present the Pilot TV Podcast <laughs> Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra, <laughs> which is also proud to present the Marvel Studios Fanfare, as made famous by, and I cannot emphasize this enough, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra. Where's my kazoo? Shit. Anyway, over here. I'll cut the bit out. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Oh, dear Lord. All right, thank you. That, that's it uh, for our She-Hulk Sporter special. Thank you all. That was tremendous. Almost as if we hadn't rehearsed it at all. Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt. Welcome to the first in our She-Hulk Sporter specials. We're no longer doing these things weekly. Don't blame us. Blame the TV blame makers. Schedules. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, the schedulers and people who decided to make all this incredible appointment TV at the same time. Uh, bastards. Uh, anyway, so we're going to do this one. We're going to do... For each TV show, we're going to do a recap of episode one, looking ahead to the next few episodes. We might do a midway point thing, and then we'll do a finale wrap-up. So this is it. This is our She-Hulk Sporter special, delving deep into episode one of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, which debuted, of course, on Disney Plus on Thursday. Thank God. Thursday, (laughs) August 18th. And uh, joining me to discuss the first episode are three super colleagues of such lethal cunning we have of course james dyer the captain the pilot of the pilot you're, you're, you're pilot of the pilot what does this make me at this, point, this point in time just a twat i don't know a twat <laughs> yeah i am the captain of the twats james dyer is here everybody of course hello. Uh, we also have amon warman hello if we're playing bingo he will mention the score at some point and, and of course mentioning captain america fucking Almost immediately is Helen O'Hara. Hello, welcome, Hello. welcome, welcome all. Uh, should we get into it right, right from the off? The post-credits thing of this show. Now, uh, who has? What have you seen? Because uh, we have, I arrived so late, I haven't had a chance to talk about this with you guys backstage. I've seen four episodes. You've seen four episodes. You guys maybe uh, haven't. Okay, I've seen three. So you've seen three. Okay, that's good. We're not going to we're not going to spoil anything beyond what happens in episode one. But suffice it to say that each episode of She-Hulk leans into the Marvel tradition in a way that the TV shows haven't so far, and they have post-credit stings, which are all very, very funny. Uh, And this one has a post-credit sting in which Jennifer Walters, played by Tatiana Maslany, and Hulk slash Bruce Banner, played by Mark Ruffalo, are having a conversation about a running gag that goes all the way through the episode about Steve Rogers and his sex life, or lack thereof, uh, I'm saying. And Jen elicits from, uh, perhaps uh, unlawfully, uh, elicits a confession from Bruce, or at least an opinion from Bruce, that Steve Rogers did indeed lose his virginity in 1943, not with Peggy Carter, or a blow-up Peggy Carter, as was on my list, uh, but an actual human woman. <laughs> so, uh, 
I am not entirely convinced by this, but Helen O'Hara is. So, Helen, Captain America Fox, yes or no? Yes. Well, we've had this conversation a lot on the Many times, podcast. which is why I was so disturbing. very happy to see this episode. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it is interesting that Marvel is listening to the extent that they obviously oh, are. Oh, God! <laughs> but, um... But no, I, I lean to the, come on, he's a healthy young adult, Adonis on a USO tour with a gaggle of beautiful women. You know, one thing leads to another. You're, I just think there's something happened there. No, no. Okay. Well, no, there you go. Absolutely not. He is a, a one a woman man. He saved himself for Peggy. Uh, when he went into that ice, he had not known the touch of a woman's special place. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like, first of all, we don't know enough about little Steve, who we know felt himself unru- no, unsuccessful hang on, in hang on, hang on. I mean, surely that's at the center of this whole thing, isn't it? We've established that at least one person knows an awful lot about little Steve, so. It even has that's his own little shield. <laughs> he well, calls you should it practice, practice safe sex, Chris, yes. Um, <laughs> No, I think, look, I, I, we, he may have gotten the deed done long before the super serum, soldier serum, quite frankly. Um, but even if he didn't, I think there's every chance he... Absolutely you know, fucking no <laughs> chance. No <laughs> chance. I'm with Chris on that. Not unless he paid look, for it. We, look, oh, come on. I mean, and people did in those days, but come on. Also, like, you had Bucky successfully getting him, you know, Bucky dates fucky. with people. <laughs> Well, I'm not even getting into the whole Stucky thing. That's a whole other conversation. But, um, you know, he, he was clearly dragged on double dates quite a lot. He may have felt they were unsuccessful. That doesn't mean he didn't get any. Ever. But the thing is, so obviously, as we have revealed in this episode, that it's someone when he's on his tour. Now, obviously, if we watch the first Avenger, there is a certain character played by Laura Haddock, who seems like she would be a significant suspect. Now, Laura Haddock, of course, is Meredith Quill. Therefore, Captain America is Star-Lord's father, the end. (laughs) I mean, grandfather. It's canon. Yeah, it's, it's not though, is it? Um, <laughs> but no, I, there is. I will say there is one kind of. I, I laid this all out in the feature for the site. There is one kind yes, of argument. A feature which is literally called Captain America Fox, <laughs> an Empire investigation. <laughs> it was very compelling. We use our platform for good. I um, did. I did not come up with that headline. Let me just be clear. But um, but I did write the feature, and I, I I did lay out what I saw as the case pro pro and anti. Captain America fucking. Um, and the, the one thing I've, I've thought of since is that Bruce in that scene does appear to be covering up the fact that Cap is still alive. Yes, he is, yes. So there is the possibility that he was thinking to himself, well, he definitely slept with Peggy after the war when he went back in time and lived out his life with Peggy. But I can't mention that, so I'll mention this instead. So it is possible that that's why and how he was lying in that moment. But I actually think he was telling the truth. But- that begs a question. So, do they not hang out with old man Cap? I beg like, is this another euphemism for Steve's penis? Little Cap, big Cap. But, but no, seriously, so what? They just met him, he gave him the shield, and they were like, all right, well, fuck off them. We don't ever want to see you again. Like, surely they still hang out. Like, Nobody wants to hang around the I don't old. Think he, I, th- I don't think he wants to, because he's living on the moon. Oh, there, there, there is that. Mm. There is that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the, the, the question at the heart of this, and believe me, we're not going to spend the entire 45 minutes talking about <laughs> we this. Might. Uh, we might. We might. Uh, but the you know the question at the heart of this is not whether Captain America fucks okay because I he does unequivocally uh, <laughs> I subscribe to his OnlyFans <laughs> um, yeah he he and Peggy have that that happy ending in more ways than one at the at the end of Endgame um, but I the question is whether he lost his virginity before Peggy Carter and I strongly believe 
No, and I also don't think we can take the word of Bruce Banner, a man who has not got laid since the Incredible Hulk. That we know of. There's no way that man can have intercourse. It's a car with aliens. That's not him. That's Hulk. Ah, mens rea. Take that. <laughs> that's, that's not what mens rea means. Yeah. Let's One be honest, like, his room in Sakaar was 100% a fuck pad. Yeah, it like, definitely was. Oh, like, that yeah. was a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Bruce was like a little, like up against a window going, no! That's <laughs> like watching porn, While really. all the fun was happening, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but really sad porn. <laughs> really, really terrible green-hued porn. Uh, nobody wants that. So I don't believe we should take Bruce Banner's word for it, is what I'm saying. Why, why would not having sex in a few years make Bruce Banner a liar? Because he does what he wants to cover up his own ineptitude. How does that? How is that effective? Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> There's no cause, causation. Sustained. There Overruled. Okay. Are we moving on? I think Let's we should move, move on. on. Oh, th- oh please. Whew, I'd box myself into a corner there, but well I think I got out of it pretty well. Uh, all right. So this is a spoiler special dedicated to everything that precedes the post-credit sting of, of She-Hulk: Attorney at Law, Episode One, directed by Cat Coiro. And written by Jessica Gao. And uh, I have to say, guys, I don't know what you think. Show of hands if you liked the episode, if you saw it and you liked it. Yeah, good. Yeah. Take that, phase four as a wobble. There's a, there's a couple of people who did not raise their hand. I see yeah, them. but that's because yeah. they were too busy thinking Your about Captain America. Your names have been noted for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy thinking about little Steve. Is that what you mean? Uh, yes. Uh, for me, this show, uh, you know, I've seen four episodes, uh, but this show is a triumph. It's hilarious. It may, it's very close to being my favorite MCU show. Uh, let's hope, of course, it sticks a landing in the last five episodes. They could fall off a cliff and be terrible. <laughs> it might be just Captain America porn for the last five episodes, in which case it would be Helen's oh, favorite. No, that would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> but imagine if Chris Evans decided to come back to the MCU, but only if he could do hardcore porn in the last. <laughs> five episodes of She-Hulk Attorney Law. Still awful. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. No. Let's oh, think no. about that for a second, shall we? Oh, dear. Anyway, um, I won't get up for a bit. Um, so, <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think the show is, is, is cracking. Uh, what about you guys? I liked it. Oh, um, God. What? Here he goes. Here he goes. I think this episode is, is is really really fun i also think that of the four episodes i've watched it's probably the weakest um <laughs> <laughs> which is not to say i mean i feel like they this is an episode which they needed to set a lot of things up and i love a lot of the banter between uh bruce and jen that was <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, it took me a second. A mom could be cancelled live here. (laughs) I think all of that is really, really good. Um, I think the special effects have come a long way since the first trailers, which I said they would, uh, for the record. Um, I just think this is just a lot of setup, necessary setup, for what the show wants to become. And I don't think that clicks until a couple episodes later for me. Well, I haven't had the luxury of seeing multiple episodes, <laughs> you bastards. So, um, but no, for me, it was, yes, it was heavier on Bruce and Jen than I think the series is going to be as a whole, mm. and lighter on Bruce, oh, sorry, and Jen and all her friends than I think we're going to see in future episodes. And her amazing friends. Mm-hmm. Her amazing, oh, really? Are they all amazing? Wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. But, I, but I still had fun, and I, I enjoyed the, the, the sort of to-camera bit where she goes, okay, let's just get this all out of the way so we can have a fun lawyer show because also it's ridiculous to say let's get the superhero stuff out of the way so we can talk about law it's fun as someone who's gone the other way i can tell you that is not how it is no. <laughs> so um, you love so, talking about the law 
I mean, I only listen to one particular thing that you Men's say. Right. You literally, yeah. that's the words but that you listen to yeah. and you turn out everything else. But you love talking about the law. Yeah, I did wonder about her closing argument that she was practicing. It sounded awfully based on less law and more morality. And I thought she was onto a bit of shaky ground there. So I'm really interested <laughs> to see how that case pans out. Objection! Oh, I've done that. <laughs> Jimbo. I really like the first one, actually. But then I have a, I'm, I'm a bit of a sucker for the origin story stuff. Like, I really liked that. I enjoyed watching her with Bruce. That was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, weirdly, of them, I think the first one might have been my favourite. Really? Uh, fight, yeah, fight, I think it's the best, but it's just it's what I wanted. I wanted to see her become... She-Hulk, like mm. I want to, see, and I enjoyed the banter that she has with Bruce. I liked all the little references where you see like the Ultron helmet and his helmet from Sakaar is in that place. Yeah. She puts on Tony's T-shirt, all those kind of things. Uh, there's even a QR code at one point. Did you guys see this? There's a post on the wall, and if you scan it with your phone, you get Savage She-Hulk number one on your phone. Oh, which that is, comic, is cool. Which They're is doing very, a lot cool. these days, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they yeah. are, which is nice. I can't wait to have this conversation with you in four weeks' time <laughs> when I want to see the episode yeah. because I'm not sure if you'll feel the same way. Well, no, so I, so I didn't watch the fourth one. So we went to a screening. There were four episodes, but I was very tired, so I left after three because I'm that privileged. But uh, I, you know, but I, but I, I was loving it. I was absolutely loving it all the way through. Uh, but it's just again, I, just, I really enjoyed that the two of them together. I thought it was really fun. I thought they nailed the dynamic. I think like Bruce has always been low key one of the funniest Avengers, mm-hmm. and I think they really brought that out of him. And you're watching this, and I was just like, this is a half hour kind of legal comedy with a Hulk. Like, it's like Ali McBeal with Hulk. And yes, sold. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly that. And I was like, I. I need this in my life. Like it's it's really properly funny. She's effortlessly charming. She, I mean, look, you watched Orphan Black. You know, yeah, she's, I mean, she's she's basically a miracle. Actor. If people out there yeah. haven't seen Orphan Black, she plays eight characters yeah. most of the time. And like, even when one of the clones is dressed as one of the other clones and she's pretending to be yeah. one of her sisters, you can tell which one she is underneath the disguise. It's, an, it's a miracle piece Is that of because she goes full Jen Walters and turns to the camera and tells you who she is? <laughs> <laughs> Not even with that. She's incredible. Uh, the, she is phenomenal. The only thing I would have liked more of here in terms of her character is I feel like there's a, there's a whole missing body horror thing. I feel like there'd be a bit more of an adjustment period to being a freaking Hulk um, than we get. And I know that's not the point of the show, and I know that's not something they're, they're getting into the fun side of the, mm. you know, having strength, having power for the fir- physically for the first time. I get that, but I would have liked a little bit more of the struggle because Bruce certainly had it, you mm. know, in all the. But I quite know, like the origins. fact that she doesn't struggle with that, and I like the reasons for it. It's just like, dude, I'm a woman. I live with this shit every day. Do you know? What? I really like. I also love that this show is just fucking incel bait, and it's beautiful. Like, yeah, I, I really like that the way he's trying to teach her stuff that's taken him years, and she just gets it straight away. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's uh, it landed just right for me. And I think we had hints of that from the trailers, and it was very much, will this land? Will it not? And I think they did. I think they nailed it. I think it was sometimes it was a little heavy handed, but I think it possibly has to be for men to get it sometimes. Um, <laughs> well, I needed that, Helen. Not I you, obviously, you. James. Obviously, uh, you're very woke and everything else. But, um, yeah, well, well, but, well, but I do think like some of it was a little bit. Yes, I, I get it now. We've we've done this. Um, but I like I did enjoy the, the slightly more subtle stuff, like her co-chair on the case going. I think I should do the closing. Don't you think <laughs> I should do the closing? I'd be better at it. They they take it better coming from me. And it's like, dude, who the hell are you? You're not even a Hulk. Get out of here. Um, so th- that stuff. Right I think through. I know the heavy handed stuff of which you speak. And yeah, I completely agree. I'm always a show don't tell kind of guy. And I think if they... I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah. So is Captain America, apparently. Oh my God. 
I keep forgetting there are times when this phrase sounds so normal coming out of my mouth and then I remember I'm in the Empire podcast and they can switch anything up. Um, how do I rephrase this? I would prefer that they don't have dialogue which is so pointed and just showcase it within the body of the show. You see, you have to do so much effort. <laughs> show don't tell. You guys know what I mean. <laughs> I'm just moving away from you in case you decide to, <laughs> to show. Um, yeah, 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 I get all those points, as, uh, of course, but uh, one of the reasons I really like this, yes, you could argue that we could maybe spend more time with Jen before we plunge into the virtually episode-long flashback that shows how she became She-Hulk and how she learned to master She-Hulk um, and you know being She-Hulk. But one of the reasons I love this show, and it, believe me, the, the next few episodes kind of get into a groove of legal case of the week, but with a famous person from the MCU, which is really funny. And the, the character interplay is great. And, you know, not to give too much away, but Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers is in it. And so it's just absolute manner from heaven for me. And no sign of Balky yet, but we can always dream. Um, and that's all great. But this show, right from the off, is basically going, the minute she turns the camera, which if anyone has read a She-Hulk comic, particularly... When John Byrne started writing the character, um, I oh got a camera everyone exactly when it was probably in the eighties or the nineties. Uh, when John Byrne started writing She-Hulk, he made a thing of having her break the fourth wall, and it was very, very meta. And she would frequently talk to John Byrne, and there was all sorts of stuff going on in that in that comic, and it was very, very, very funny. And of course, pre-Deadpool, Deadpool. So I was very happy to see that they were doing that in this show, and they were getting to essentially steal Deadpool's thunder before he shows up in the MCU. And does that as well. So that was all great. And it all feels to me so fresh and different. And I don't think the effects are entirely there for her in particular. You know, as if you know, they've they've got the Hulk down. Um, I believe Ruffalo does it himself uh, <laughs> <laughs> by now. Um, but you know, it does get better. And there's there's moments it really, really does work. And you can kind of get past it because everything else for me is so fresh and unique and fun. The one thing that's bugging me about the effects right now is I don't understand why her hair fundamentally changes when she becomes she It gets all blow-dried, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like she has a blowout every time. And I'm like, that seems like a weird superpower. I'd take it. <laughs> but that's, it's just bizarre. Like I, felt, I feel like maybe they should have matched her hair a little bit more. Maybe it, that would have been a hassle, but... Facially, she looks right? quite different as well, would you say? Or do you, do you think there's, there's no, facially, bits of Tatiana I think it, in there? I think there's a Tatiana. I, th I genuinely think it's the hair around it that's just It's the hair that, that changes it? Yeah. yeah. I think okay. So. Hmm. It's funny that you uh, mentioned Deadpool there, Chris, because that brings me to my first Amon guarantee of the She-Hulk series. Hang on, how many guarantees do you have? <laughs> I have two. I have two. Okay. Uh, I was yeah. like, I have no You <laughs> Better believe it, buddies. <laughs> I think that this is going to be the perfect show for Wade Wilson to make his MCU debut. What? what? I think it's going to be perfect because you mentioned the cameo nature of the show, which lends itself to Deadpool showing up and the breaking the fourth wall, which uh, Jen is already, already doing. I think that there could be a lot of fun interplay, um, which would be very cool to see. So that is my first. I'm on guarantee. I've learned not to shoot all of these down <laughs> yes, because I can't you, have, you have about a, a two in 10 success rate. Hey, it's, but, it's, it's better you know, than that. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I can see where you're going with that, but really? Maybe? What do you guys think? Wow. <laughs> wow, 
no faith. In his, we in his talked sub- about this beforehand, people. I'm getting all your money back. You missed your cue. You missed your cue. In fairness to him, like there is a quite a recent, you know, case of a Ryan Reynolds cameo being unveiled, totally su- surprising everyone who saw it in the cinema. So, you know, he can do things under wraps and, and you know, surprise people with them. It, it could happen. When Ryan Reynolds shows up in this show, I expect tweets from all of you apologizing. Yeah, and, and he will reply to every single one yeah. of them with the vindication meme from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Every single one. <laughs> Oh my God, an Amon apology <laughs> it is needed. Yeah, I, I can see how that might work, but I, I you know, I'm, mutants have been hinted at in the MCU and we had the, the M word at the end of uh, Miss Marvel. Don't want to spoil that show for anyone who hasn't seen it, but uh, that's still not a full-on guarantee that that character in question is a mutant. Uh, and we've obviously had Charlie X in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. And, and also in this, there's obviously the conversation about their unique genetic predisposition which has led to some mutant speculation as well, which would make no sense at all. No, not no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. No, 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 no. Fine. Hulk is not a mutant. He just he happened to have his atoms rearranged by uh, a gamma, <laughs> gamma bomb. <laughs> Happens to us all. It's yeah, totally of impossible. course. Yeah. Um, okay, hit us with number two. Go on, I'm intrigued. <laughs> My second, I'm on guarantee. <laughs> is that I think Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. The Leader, Uh is going to show up in this show. Well, here's the thing. I think that too. (laughs) (laughs) But you didn't say it before I did. I know, so therefore that is a huge Uh, better believe it, buddy. That's that's not how this works. And a non-guarantee. But yeah, it makes sense because this is, this show is rehabilitating the incredible, the whole last few years of the MCU have been, have been about rehabilitating the Incredible Hulk, which, of course, ironically, in a in, a, in an act of full alanacine, uh, is not available on Disney Plus. So you can watch the show in which Tim Roth loves by Bib Roth. Uh, he appears in episode two, not to give too much away, but he appears in episode two, uh, and you know you've got lots of references to the Incredible Hulk and all sorts of stuff. And then you, if people are like, "I'm quite intrigued by this Incredible Hulk of which you speak, I'd like to check it out." Let me go to Disney. Oh. Fuck, I can't watch it. So that, that sucks. <laughs> but I think, I think as well. So Sam, Samuel Stearns, the leader, the Hulk's arch enemy, played by Tim Blake Nelson in The Incredible Hulk. And we last see him kind of transforming into the leader. I, I think the biggest problem they might have there is that Tim Blake Nelson has probably forgotten he was in that film. <laughs> yes. He's done a quinner. Yeah. So if they were to offer him the chance to do that, he'd go, hmm, sorry, what? But then they'd go, and there's this many zeros, and he'd go, I'm in. Uh, I am fully au fait with that character. I remember playing him like it was yesterday. It's a him, right? It yeah. is a him. <laughs> Just to be sure. Do I have to paint myself green? I'll paint myself green. But yeah, that's really, really interesting for people who don't know the leader is as smart as the Hulks are strong, basically, uh, which is a really interesting uh, difference between the skill sets and, and, and what the, the effects of gamma radiation. And as you say, uh, from the Incredible Hulk, we've seen Thunderbolt Ross be rehabilitated. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a lot of sort of interesting stuff with that movie, and they like doing that with the older, less beloved movies like a Thor, The Dark World, which they uh, did some interesting things with, with Avengers Endgame. So I can absolutely see them, especially this first episode is already focusing on the effects and the power of Hulk's blood. Like they have a scene in which they destroy all the blood with lasers, and like it's so, so dangerous. And given how that's already affected Jen, given that we get the abomination who is also infected with Hulk's blood. 
it makes sense that Samuel Stearns, who's again infected with Hotspur, would show up in the show. Is it that they're trying actively to rehabilitate their bad films, or is it that they've already built on all their good films and they're just like, oh, what else we got? <laughs> well, they haven't really touched Iron Man 2, have they? So, <laughs> there's no rehabilitating Iron Man. They're leaving that one alone uh, for the time being. No, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot of fertile storytelling ground that hasn't been covered yet by that film. And Hulk, you know, Hulk's one of my favorite characters, Marvel characters. And, you know, I think that I love Ruffalo in this role and I think he's been brilliant in the MCU when he's deployed. I've said this before, but if you put together a list of, say, the greatest 10, top 10 moments from the first Avengers film, for example, I'd say at least six of those are Hulk moments. Uh, He's been used really, really well throughout the MCU, but he's not entirely, well, let me put it another way. I don't think they've even scratched the surface of what the Hulk is capable of as a character. I mean, there's rich psychological ground here. He has that conversation with with Jen when they're trying to get to the bottom of, you know, of of, of her and her personalities. And, you know, is there more than one person there? And he says, you know, if you, you've never felt like there's another hand on the wheel. And in the comics, Bruce Banner is fucked up to a degree that is very, very probably hard for a family-friendly universe <laughs> to really delve into. But he is deeply, deeply, deeply effed up, is Bruce. There are lots of personalities, uh, uh, um, uh, all with a hand on the wheel. And they haven't really explored that. They haven't really explored what the Hulk really, truly is capable of on a power level. So I'd love to see that sort of thing. Counting, I think, is one of the things he struggles with. He does. Because yeah, he says he's been struggling with the Hulk for 15 years. 15 years? I think you're fine. It's closer to 20 if you count the time jump in Endgame. Uh, actually, because the, the film came no, out in what, no, 2005. Incorrect, 2008, 2023. Yeah. That was 15 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 mm. Ah, mathematics. Damn it! <laughs> the immutable law. Mind you, James could still be right because the Incredible Hulk of 2008. He was already the Hulk for yes! some time. Oh, oh fuck you! Ah! Fuck you! Unless you're talking about from the time Ruffalo took over the role, which is 2012. So that would mean this takes yeah, place in 2027, yes. <laughs> which means there's another time jump. Oh, God. Because he is quite literally another man entirely, as he points out. So Yeah. Yeah, I would need to double check that. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched The Incredible Hulk, but I know that I they- watch it daily. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Well, then you might be able to answer this question, Chris. Because I've, I I've think- only seen it twice. <laughs> Because I think the opening credits of that is sort of recapping how you became the Hulk. Right? It does, yes. Yeah, does, yeah. Um, but we don't know exactly what time a, frame that is. It gives you a slightly is. different origin story to the one, obviously, in the Ang Lee film. Um, but it's still meant to be some time before. It's not meant to be like uh, weeks okay. before because there's been a separation. Yeah. There has been an exile or self-exile yeah. away from mm-hmm. the world. Betty Ross has had time to be upset about it. Like, it's mm. not weeks. It's oh, definitely Betty. Like, Oh, Betty. <laughs> That's the worst Frank Spencer I've ever heard of. <laughs> we barely knew he. Oh, yeah. Wow. Do you think she might be re- rehabilitated? We might see Liv Tyler as, as, or someone, you know, they might recast, who knows? Could recast happen. Ruffalo. Indeed. Yeah. Could be. Could happen. I've got a question for you. Do you uh-huh. guys know a lot about She-Hulk's, like, comics origin? So I read an interesting mm. article that She-Hulk's comics origin was came out of contract law like that's essentially why she exists because they'd sold the rights to hulk or licensed hulk to the tv network for the bill bixby lou ferrigno tv series and there had been rumors that they would introduce a she hulk character as part of the tv plot and marvel were like if they by the terms of the agreement if they introduce new characters they then own those new characters and marvel can't have them and they were like well fuck this so it was one of the last 
character Stanley did, I think, for a long time. But he, they came up with the She-Hulk literally just to fuck over the TV network. Oh, so I did not know that. In Copyright terms, law, it is thrilling. Isn't it? <laughs> In terms of her comics origin, I think what happened was she was working on a case, uh, but somebody came after her for that and she got shot and she was going to die. And so in order to save her, Bruce gave her a blood transfusion. That is the comic's origin. I'm glad it didn't go that way because Bruce knows exactly how powerful and deadly his blood can be. So I'm glad that they changed that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I also really like the fact that it made sense of the Shang-Chi thing. You know, why he's... Because obviously they're thinking ahead because you can't... If he's stuck as Hulk all the time, you're not going to get his blood anywhere, really, are you? So uh, mm. I thought that was a smart one as well. And yeah. the fact that you can see the little device in Shang-Chi if you go back and have a look, that's mm-hmm. cool. It's Can you? Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's on his arm. It's not the device. Oh, that's cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to see someone's thinking about this. Um, <laughs> and they have also then restored him to health for the future. So that's right. They've, yeah. they've hand waved that away. Yes, they have. I mean, if only you know um, Tony had had some Jessica oh, Holt blood, Tony. it might have been okay. <laughs> oh, Tony, it could have been fine. I really oh. like the little uh, dialogue alluding to turning in this episode. Uh, there's one line in particular that Holt had. It was a good time and a bad time which is really, really good. I don't yeah. like that. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, loved, I loved that because, you know, it's, it's easy to forget because they, they took Bruce and Hulk off the table um, for Civil War and they took them off the table for, you know, they're, they're together for a little bit in, in Infinity War. But, you know, that science bros relationship that, that runs all the way through, you know, Ultron doesn't exist without that science bro, bros relationship. Um, Ergo Fission doesn't exist without that and so on and so forth. Um, you know, they're just so lovely together, uh, Ruffalo and Downey and, and, and Bruce and, and Tony. And so it's great, you know, because you get to see, you know, that, I believe that Led Zeppelin t-shirt, that's a Tony t-shirt. Isn't mm-hmm. it the one that he gives, he gives um, Jen to wear when she first gets back to his lovely place in Mexico, by the way? <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is. How? But I guess Tony bought it, so therefore <laughs> yeah. there's a question of how he can afford that. But, uh, you know, you just get the sense that he's really just sad for his friend because I think the emphasis in the last couple of years has been on Peter Parker and how Peter Parker felt, felt about Tony dying. And, you know, obviously, we, you know, we never really got to see... Steve's reaction to that because he's too busy doesn't even fucking... get a shot. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get any sort of camera coverage in that moment where Tony dies. It goes from yeah. Tony dying to Cap and Thor and then it goes back to Tony and uh, Pepper. But I think, I think ultimately what happened with that was that uh, the Russos and Marcus McFeely were perhaps less interested in uh, Natasha and Bruce which I loved and uh, less interested in Tony and Bruce then perhaps Joss Whedon was. And so I think they, they, they took it in a slightly different direction. Yeah, but I, I really did feel, I actually got really upset when she smashed through his bar. I'm like, oh, his friend built that. And they carved their initials. T.S. and B.B. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. But yeah, I loved Ruffalo in this. I thought he was terrific. Yet another iteration. Um, very clever with the stuff about name. You have no choice in the names that they give you. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's like being in the playground again, isn't it, I guess? Because <laughs> uh, Smart Hulk is now canon. It, it is, yeah. It's Professor Hulk in the comics. Yeah. So it's uh, so it's interesting that Smart Hulk, uh, Smart Smart Hulk, Hulk here. Hulk. And of course, the, the idea of you know his blood perhaps being weaponized and used to create other Hulks uh, might indicate, you know, in the comics, as, as people may or may not know, there's all kinds of different Hulks running around. Um, sometimes they're Bruce, sometimes they're not. Um, but yeah, that, that indicates that there might be others. I also like that while, you know, there was a lot of her kind of showing off what she could do that he couldn't and, you know, finding things easier to adjust to Hulkdom, 
than he maybe had. But equally, they also show him throwing a boulder into orbit. <laughs> oh, he so, totally killed you know, people. Totally killed yeah, people. So it's not like, it's not like, oh, she's better all around. They're just different Hulks. And I thought that was a nice rebalancing just that moment. Um, it's not just yeah. about, you know, oh, she can do everything immediately and he can't, which would have been a bit, again, on the nose and a bit... Mm cloying otherwise hulk should really stop doing that we don't know where these benches <laughs> and rocks are gonna land stop doing that bro gosh yeah he threw a bench in endgame <laughs> killed three people they covered that up <laughs> the avengers have paid out a lot of hush money over the years uh and now this is good that has to have taken down a plane maybe with all the eternals on it and the eternals <laughs> died on the way back to their home planet <laughs> I feel like you see it burn up in the atmosphere a bit. Well, so I don't know if it burns up on the way out. I mean, I well, it, I feel like it cruises. I don't know what. I, I'm not an astrophysicist. So, I don't know what it presumably does. Presumably, he's facing out to the Pacific. There's nothing for like five thousand miles. Does anyone have a map fine. of Mexico? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can solve this. Uh, let, before we take some questions, so get thinking about some questions. We have about 12, 12 minutes left. <laughs> Thereabouts, yeah. <laughs> okay, less than that. Um, but I want to talk about Jen because you know I feel we haven't really talked about uh, She-Hulk enough in the She-Hulk show. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is phenomenal in this in both roles because uh, I'm going to say they're, they're two different roles. And um, uh, you know I do wonder how much whether they were planning to go with more She-Hulk as opposed to Jen before they cast Tatiana Maslany, but you cast one of the best actors on the planet. You, it's the same thing with the Oscar Isaac thing. In Moon Knight, you cast Oscar Isaac so that you give people Oscar Isaac all the time. And here, uh, it might be a budget thing as well, that you know, Ruffalo didn't have time to finish the She-Hulk effect, so they decided to use Jen instead. But what do you think of that character? What is, what is that character? Yeah, I enjoy that. I enjoy that she cares about what she does and values her existing life. Um, I enjoy that she dresses boringly like lawyers do. And, you know, they're not trying to kind of sex up law because like they have to wear the most boring clothes. Uh, like those shoes, horrific at the end. Like who cares if you hulk out in those shoes? They're really ugly. Um, so, you know, but like, you know, she, like we've only had a tiny bit of her uh, at either end in her law life, but I already feel like I've got a little bit of an impression. And then her is the kind of young cousin to Bruce and they've still got that slightly young cousin dynamic. Yeah. Um, you know, even as adults and even as sort of trying to get back in touch after a few years, really. I thought that was just really nicely played between them. Yeah, no, I agree. The caring about what she does is important because one of the best things about this episode is her journey in contrast to Bruce's. Bruce's, Bruce's come to terms with, I'm a Hulk and I am this way to protect the planet. And he tries to sort of enforce that onto mm. Jen. And Jen is like, no, why would you want that for me? Which was really, really interesting. The dialogue between them on that topic was really, really fascinating to me. And because she loves what she does, because she wants to be a hero in a different way, she ends up going back to her life. And that way, it's a really good setup for this first episode, which I actually read they initially planned up to like episode eight. They moved this way up. Um, like that's going to pay dividends for the rest of the show. Mm. I like the fact that she's a proper law nerd. Like, it's not like this is her job. Like, she loves this shit. Like, when you've seen that, even like the first scene, she's got a bobblehead of Ruth Bader Ginsburg <laughs> yeah. in her cabinet. And a little plaque <laughs> that says, see you later, litigator. And it's just like, come on, that is great. If I'd Latest known there were hats, I might have stayed in the profession, <laughs> damn it. 
That's amazing. All right. So any questions from you guys? Do we have microphones? Uh, can we have some lights? Can we have some house and lights? camera and action. Give us house lights. Hooray, we have lights. Look at all these gorgeous I'll, I'll people. Take. A reminder, of course, that none of us were involved with the creation of the show. Um, more's the pity. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Right here, there's a hand. Uh, thanks. I was just wondering what you thought about the physicality of her as She-Hulk, because she looked a lot smaller. We've already mentioned the hair. I found that I would have liked to have seen someone a bit physically buffer compared to Bruce, rather than someone that looked more like a green Barbie compared to what she actually <laughs> looks like. I mean, she does usually look like a green Barbie in the comics, though, so I kind of felt like that wasn't so bad. She's she's very physically different to Tatiana Maslany, and I, to the point where I wondered if they cast someone who is quite small deliberately to give you more contrast with with She-Hulk. Um, but I thought she looked awesome. Mm. Yeah, no, she looked good. It's interesting you mentioned her physique because in recent comics, she has looked a little bit more bulky. I think she's, uh, because she got an extra infusion of gamma radiation that may or may not be coming in future seasons and future episodes. We oh, don't do know. I sense in the morning guarantee? No, 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 no okay, I'm not going right. to go there with that one. Not okay. just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think she looked good. Um, and yet, <laughs> I don't know, just from... The, the access to the first trailer we had, we were very, very worried. But the effects work in this episode. This is really strong. They fixed it, but it's it's true. Like I think Bruce looks better. Like he looks like the CGI. Look, I I mean I don't know the ins and outs of how they did it, but like he feel, maybe they just because they had him lying around from the Avengers movies. It's fine, which is that. But uh, I think he looks more polished, where she sometimes wavers a little bit. Like it's not bad. It's not distracting. And from that first trailer, I genuinely thought this can be unwatchable. Oh, <laughs> I was like, it was like a Tekken two character. Oh god, it was, it was, it was awful, horrific. Like no, I was pretty happy with it in the end. And again, she's expressive and she's comedic. And Tatiana Maslany has a very expressive, very funny sort of facial expressions that she uses a lot of physical comedy. And I think that comes across in the. CG character so yeah and again without saying too much about what's coming up in future episodes there, what they're setting up here with the way she looks is uh, is, a, is a thread that runs through the show where people gravitate towards She-Hulk at the expense of Jen which has an impact on Jen's psyche because everyone wants a person who looks like the Amazonian goddess um, and that's really but it's, it's, it's handled with a really really light touch as well uh, which is just one of the reasons why I, I love this this bloody show. This bloody daft show. Uh, yes, anyone else? There was a person right at the back. He's illuminated yeah. mm -hmm. in very mysterious lighting. As we get to that You've person... You've chosen to sit under a spotlight. <laughs> Just to say, you should all check out Dan Slott's She-Hulk run, because a lot of this show has taken inspiration from that, and it's really good. Uh, thanks. Uh, an observation first. Surely they're not hanging out with Steve because he's currently running the White House. But <laughs> uh, secondly... Amon, I'm kind of inclined to agree with you about Deadpool, but I, yes. what, what I do wonder is, how would he be introduced? Could he be watching the show with Korg and then <laughs> asking what happened to Ed Norton and then observing... <laughs> observing see, see, this oh, guy hey, understands the vision. And then observing <laughs> that she stole his bit. An amazing cameo in episode nine would be Edward Norton. Oh. Yeah. Suing Marvel Studios for uh, <laughs> and Eric Bana. Yes, I would watch that so hard. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that. Uh, by the way, the, the Deadpool thing. I, I think there's there's mileage in it. Absolutely. But we've been here before with WandaVision. We were going in episode nine. Reed Richards will appear in the end of this. And they're not, I don't think they're going to do something this big and this seismic in this show. But having said that, you know, See, who knows? I used to say that, and then they revealed Kang for the first time in a show. Yeah. <laughs> Kang, who's going to be, you know, he yeah. has Avengers, the Kang Dynasty coming up. We yeah. have a version. A, a version. Kang. I mean.
Okay. Yes, please. Was there a hand? Yes. Yes. The lady here. Thank you. With the hair. She's got hair. <laughs> Quite a few people with hair here, actually. Not Damn, everyone. Like, no, like, no judgment. All of us I'm here. terrible at guess who. <laughs> Thanks for noticing the hair. Um, so there's probably going to be a load of comparisons to Fleabag with this, just because it's a strong woman breaking the fourth wall. This is so true. I'll wait till they get to the love story with the priest. I mean, my God. (laughs) Here's hoping. Well, actually, that's kind of what I was going to ask. Not that she's going to sleep with Bruce. I really hope they didn't go into that. Oh, Jesus Christ! (laughs) Oh, there was a spark. There was a spark. But what I was going to say. Not an among guarantee. It's your kids, Marty. Something's going to be done about your kids. She holds fucks. Is it genetic? No, but there's a bit in the first episode. So for those of you who've seen more than one episode say Helen um there's a bit when she's in the bar it's her first break in the fourth wall in the flashback and she says something and Bruce looks as well yes that reminded me of Fleabag so massively I'm gonna I was gonna say is he sort of like the sexy priest but in a platonic way but do you <laughs> do we think there's gonna be other people joining in in the fourth wall so breaking? I thought that the first time I watched it when I watched it again I thought there was an in-world reason why he might have looked around just to check on her as in just to check she's not making faces behind his back okay or the fact that she just made a noise yeah but i did a hundred percent think of fleabag at that exact moment because he seems to be reacting to her talking to camera in the way that sexy priest did so um but i'm okay with that because i thought that worked brilliantly and she helped to show that they had some kind of connection he was picking up on things i think if they did introduce um uh, deadpool as it has been uh, you know, suggested that would be another way of them both knowing that the other is breaking the fourth wall, but they're talking to different people and they don't understand why or something. So I think there's there's a lot of mileage you could get from that, but I, I love that so much in Fleabag and I thought it works brilliantly. Mm. So yes, do that if they want. If they want to lift that, I'm all for it. It's interesting because when she does that, she surprises herself when she turns and she starts talking to the audience. And, uh, you know, what Amon said about this episode being brought forward a little bit, or at least you know the the, the beginning and end being brought forward a little bit, because obviously she she addresses the audience in the, in the first two seconds. So they do that fake out where she's looking straight at the camera, and then you realize she's talking to her her friends, and then she talks to the camera. If they added that late in the day, that would explain why she surprises herself, and maybe I don't know, maybe some sort of manifestation of her Hulk powers, 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 powers. Uh, maybe it's a manifestation of her Hulk powers and that's something that she can do that Bruce can't. I think like Marvel are self-aware enough that they would just address it straight away as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're talking to camera. It's funny. Let's all yeah. laugh at it. I love that. I love it as well that they're doing this. Like we're 29 films in, we're so many TV shows in and now we have someone talking to the camera. And I know, I know Deadpool did it in the, in the X-Men movies, but that's a kind of different thing. Uh, it, 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 it shouldn't work this far into the MCU, but for me, it absolutely does. Yes, please, sir. I really enjoyed the episode, but I wonder if it's slightly unfortunate timing with it coming out after there have been all these kind of exposés about the like special effects industry and the pressures they've been put under due to Marvel TV shows. That's why Ruffalo um, does it himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess... The question is, do you think that this show, because obviously this will have been in development way before any of these kind of exposés came out. Uh, do you think this is maybe like the start of more shows with like CGI kind of principal cast? Or do you think actually this is just kind of like the tail end of that? Now with all these exposés, Marvel are going to rein that back a bit. I would really hope that they work out a way to be fair and and 
treat their vendors fairly. And I think the, the problem is not just that they have um, all these TV shows coming out, that, that there's a, that it's just the amount of dominance they have in the VFX industry right now because they are doing so much of it across the board. Um, it's it's not it was it existed long before the TV show started. It's been something that's been talked about in the industry since they were only in films, um, and it's by no means unique to Marvel. The only problem is they're such a big part of the industry. But I mean, yeah, I think there's there's a huge issue that the VFX industry needs to sort out because yes, this this competitive vendor system means everybody's trying to underbid everybody else, and then they're being asked for more and more and more. I do think Marvel should exercise basic fairness to people and if public relations forces them to do, to do that then good because you shouldn't be changing your mind at the last minute and making stuff up pretty much off the top of your head you should be working with these professionals who can tell you what to do and how to do it well from day one and and trying to react accordingly and if you want to change something at the last minute you should be willing to shift your release date if that's what it takes or just pay through the nose to get it done for the original release date there has to be some way to be fair to people and you know boo capitalism if there isn't like it i don't, I don't know how else to say it but like they I, they absolutely should should sort that out because it's not fair to the VFX industry and ultimately it can it may result in bad effects because people need there is no such thing almost there is almost no such thing as bad VFX there is VFX that ran out of time and ran out of money um, but given enough time and money almost any house on the planet can do incredible stuff because the artistry is there the technology is there what isn't there is the support so so yeah I would really like to see marvel if even if they're shamed into it i don't care just just treat the vfx industry fairly because i know so many people who work and do incredible stuff in it um and they shouldn't have to never see their family for eight months at a time basically so yeah and and that part of that is by the way maybe training their directors a little bit more in vfx because i know the directors want to focus on character and they want to focus on the stuff that they're good at because they've come up through independent film or whatever else and that's great but they should also be taught about the limits of vfx and not be changing their minds 16 times with six weeks to go you know so i don't um, think it's every director though it's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I absolutely don't yeah. think it's every director and i absolutely don't think that they are I don't think they're necessarily aware that this is the effect that their their thoughts are having. I think they are being supported in doing this and being encouraged to feel like they have the creative freedom to do that. And, and to some extent, that's good. But then the people who are actually doing that physical work need the support as well, you know, and not just the directors. So anyway, so look, I I, I hope that this outcry has an effect, really, a VFX. That was terrible. A VFX. VFX. A VFX. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I think that's all the time we have, I'm afraid, folks. Uh, thank you so much. Sorry if we didn't get around to your questions. Uh, our next She-Hulk Sporter special will be in a few weeks. I would love to do weekly for this, but um, but we can't. So <laughs> we just can't at the moment. There's so much TV. Uh, yeah. I'm off for the next two weeks anyway, so screw you guys Slacker. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes that is it our next sporter special is going to be for a TV sporter special is going to be House of the House Rings of the, the Lord House of the, the Dragons yes. or whatever House, it's of, House of the Rings uh, yeah. yeah Dragon House Man Rings, and, yeah. and um, uh, Sands and then Andor the, the TV show that they just can't make their minds about what Sandor. it's going to be called what's it going to be called uh, that's going to be out in September as well so yeah keep checking back for more She-Hulk sporter specials but in the meantime it is time to say goodbye to my three colleagues of such lethal county and Helen O'Hara it's an Amon guarantee that Amon woman will be playing Deadpool in episode 9. Peace. <laughs> James Dyer. Uh, 
And it's a goodbye for me. My microphone is number four, which is a guarantee that Reed Richards will be in episode nine. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.